so the last episode that we dropped was episode 31, Post-Apocalyptic Voting, where we talk about reactions and stuff. So, Chris, you talked to your cousin Joe. I talked to my mom. What we didn't have was Beth talking to anybody, but that's what we've got this week. Uh, and, you know, save the best for last. Beth Absolutely. speaks to uh, her mom, Greta. I actually, I really enjoyed this conversation, but Beth, why don't you mm-hmm. set it up for us? Yeah, this is a conversation that I have with my mom uh, where we talk about her experience with her blackness growing up in the area that she grew up in and how that influences the way she navigates the world now and how that influences her relationship with voting. Mm-hmm. You know what I like about this conversation? It It's really warm. Like you can feel like you guys have a, such a great rapport. Yeah. That's my baby. I love my <laughs> yeah. mom. It's That's so fun girl. to listen to. It's like, it, like you can really feel the love like mm-hmm. between you guys, even when you guys are having some like really interesting disagreements mm-hmm. on some pretty fundamental issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's play that tape uh, and then we'll we'll talk about it a bit afterwards. Okay. All right. All right, mom. So we are recording. It is the Saturday after Joe Biden won the American presidential election. Yay. <laughs> My mom is dancing if you guys can't see. Also, you guys might hear some background noise because we are outside recording this. Um, my mom's an old lady, so she can't get the Rona. So we are so... <laughs> So we are social distanced outside with masks on. Somebody's mowing the lawn now. I swear, as soon as we decided to record, everybody decided to make noise. So anyways, you might hear a breeze. You might hear cop sirens, even in Middletown, uh, which is ridiculous. I never hear sirens in Middletown, but I just heard some. Um, so yeah, we're talking about the elections. So let me start off by asking you this. Who did you vote for? I voted for Joe Biden. Why did you vote for Joe Biden? I voted for Joe Biden because he makes me hopeful. I, I honestly, um, I've, I've watched Joe Biden. Um, I've watched his unwavering support as Barack Obama's vice president. Make um, sure you keep talking loud. And I also, uh, I, I like that he chose not only to break the Great Wall and have a woman as his running mate, which Geraldine Ferrara was uh, Walter Mundell's running mate, but honestly, he ran for president against, 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 you remember Jimmy, did did, did Ronald Reagan? Ronald Reagan? Reagan? Okay. Yeah. See, I said you're an old lady that can't get the Rona. I have no idea who that person is. Honestly, I'm a gorgeous young woman (laughs) of 61. Um, but uh, uh, they honestly, they didn't have a chance. You were hopeful, mm. but they didn't. You just knew they didn't have a chance. And Joe Biden made this choice knowing I absolutely could be the next president of the United States. So I admired that about him in choosing not only a, a woman as his running mate, but a woman of color. Mm-hmm. So I and plus he's from Delaware. I like shout out to Dirty Delaware. Shout out to Joe. Hey, I'm from Pennsylvania. He grew up in Scranton. Then he's a senator from Del. Hey, he's all right by me. <laughs> so, you just mentioned feeling hopeful. Yeah, that's the part that always gets me. I feel no hopefulness in this American system. I know. Um, but part of that is because 
you know, I'm 30. I voted in, I guess, technically four presidential elections now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember the big election. Do you election. recognize that you've been able, the, in the short time that you voted, I think you're only three. You've been I think eight, this is my fourth one. So I voted for Obama. Then I twice. voted for him the oh, second yes. time. Yes. Then okay. I voted for Trump. I mean, I voted for... <laughs> but do you realize you've been able to vote for uh, a black man, a woman, and then a man, uh, man, he's a white man, but he chose a, to have a black running mate. You Minorities in all of those elections. That's amazing. I voted for minorities in all of those elections. Yes. Who was? Oh yeah, I voted for a woman yes. in 2016. Hillary yes. Clinton. Well, that is really interesting, Mom. I didn't think about that. I, I, your sister pointed that out. Wow. Fran- yeah, I never Francesca's considered the, the fact that, that said, I've only always, voted for minorities. She said I've been able to vote for minorities in all the elections I voted. Huh. So maybe that does bring a little bit of hopefulness. It out. does. That's one thing that brings hope uh, to me. And I like Joe because he's always been a plain spoken person who has really tried to do what he said he was going to do. How do you like know? Like the, uh, the affordable health care plan. Mm-hmm. They put that on the plate. They said, this is what we're going to pass through. Make and sure re- you keep talking about and, and remember, um, Joe, when it was finally passed and Joe said, this is a big effing deal. <laughs> And I the, don't remember that. Oh my goodness! It was an open mic. He turned to President Obama. Oh, and, remember and, that. Yes, he didn't he know said, his mic was on. He did, he had a hot mic, and he said, "This is a big effing deal." Very so, Delaware politician. Very Delawarean. No, it's so just this is this is where my hope hopelessness oftentimes comes from. Thank you for pointing out that I've always voted for a minority, right? Yes. But even when we even when we get minorities in the office. They still, they still do really harmful things to marginalized communities. Right. Um, or my other point of um, stickiness, I guess you could say, is the electoral college, right? Yeah. And how it's structurally racist and how it's been, it is historically been placed um, in the election, American election process to keep certain voices from really mattering. Right. It started out as as a reaction to slavery, to, to right? Wasn't I that? I think so. I, I, I can't remember. I, I right. know because they they didn't consider slaves a whole person. Right. And this and that's why your vote means more in Iowa than it does the, the New right. York vote. It makes no sense. Now I have to tell you what I what I feel about that. Everybody is recognizing that the electoral college has to go. Right. Our system one of the main problems we have in this country all you have to do is look at our congress and look at our senate our senate particular particularly and all you see is older white men mm-hmm. that is the harm that's coming that that the results of of the harms that marginalized communities feel that says it all right there and that seems so hope. You know what I mean? So how? That's that's my issue. Is that I it, don't see where I'll, voting I'll actually affects change. Because I have seen changes in my 61 years. You've seen changes in your 61 years. We pointed out how you've been able to vote for minorities. But what has voting for minorities done but for me? It's. I feel like things have gotten better. Like what? 
uh, well, first of all, just that a, a black man was able to be elected. That twice. doesn't mean anything. I, I, I think it does. I don't think it does. Why? And I'll say that I don't think it does because just because somebody is black. Now, I love Barack Obama and I yeah. love Michelle Obama. I think they're our cousins somewhere down the line. They are. They are. Um, we, Michelle looks like us. She does look like us. Yeah, she looks and like she us. She laughs like us a little bit, too. I think that white supremacy is so much a part of the water that we swim in that even black people that have access to affect change don't because they think that white supremacy is normal. So under Obama, he deported way more people than Trump did. Yeah. And like there are statistics about that. You know what I mean? There are. So, there are. And like Trayvon Martin was murdered and his murderer got away with it under Obama's administration. Right. So although there are colorful or womanly figureheads, I don't see them actually making change. The fact that they're I, in that place doesn't feel like change to me. But I feel like he did... Keep talking I, loud, Mom. Okay. I feel like he did, Barack Obama did make great change. He, he made change. I think he made change in letting young people see I can attain the presidency of the United States. This is possible. Where, but is that something where, that we should aspire to? I think it is. Absolutely, I How think come? it is. Because I think when, when, Wait, think of, for this breeze to ease. Sure. There you go. Okay. Think of all the women and minority women, and we have a Muslim women who mm -hmm. are now in uh, Congress who are running for Senate. I think all of that, I think Barack Obama's presidency Open was greatly an impetus for, for those changes. And I refuse to not be hopeful. One thing I've been asking God is, I don't know how, I don't know where, what, but I want you to help me in Middletown, Delaware, be able to change something about that electoral college. I know Delaware Democrats. I want to speak to somebody and say, what, what would that, what, what does that mean? What could I do? What, what, what can be done? And and just even myself thinking, what can I do so that we we have it has to be confronted. Mm. It we it because the electoral college is the most racist, bitter white man there is. Ooh. I'm sorry. It really is. It I really, never thought about it that way. That's the that's the the greatest the the worst bitter white racist is that, is that electoral college mm -hmm. that and it's because man it places more value on, on human lives. Yeah, and like everybody should count equally. Everybody, right? but the electoral and college we have is this structure yes. that says that some people that Ma have like you matter access. more. Yeah, you matter more. It's crazy. And you think of that in the age of superior technology. Mm -hmm. That's why uh, Donald Trump keeps saying they stole it and they cheated and it's fraud, and and they have not been able to find anything of significance to back that up. Mm -hmm. Why? Because the way elections are run, technology is at the point where that electoral college is absolutely useless. Yeah. It's just useless. Yeah. And it's, as Americans, it's insulting. It is. I find it insulting. Yeah. I find it insulting. It is insulting. So let me ask you this. 
do you think your experience with voting is different from mine because you actually saw people being almost killed to vote? It's interesting. I remember certain things I remember about when I was born in, I was born in 19... Keep talking loud. Okay. I was born in 1950. Usually nobody has to tell me to talk loud. I'm I feel always like since you had your surgery, you talk quieter. Okay. All right. You don't, I don't get the same volume. But I was born in 1959, and I can remember when Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. I, I remember the significance of my mother allowing my sisters to stay home from school for his funeral service. Mm -hmm. And that was huge. For my mother, you, you could have, a uh, if your temperature was 101, you went to school. Maybe 102, she'd let you stay home. <laughs> but you were going to school. Sister Dorothy sent you to school. And I, I remember that as young as I was. And, um, so you would have been nine? Oh no, I wasn't that young. I wasn't that old. I don't think. How? When he did he died die? Sixty-eight, didn't he? Oh, did he? Okay. Sixty-eight. Sixty-eight. I can look. Okay. It up. I don't. It didn't seem like I was that old. I remember or when Kennedy died too. Let me look it up. You can keep yeah. going. Yeah. Okay. But I remember. I remember that, and my parents didn't talk to me about voting or the significance of uh, voting as black Americans, but they always did. Interesting. And so I, you, it was something you saw more I than what saw. You heard. It was modeled for me, that they always went out to vote. They always went out to vote. For me, raising you girls, if you remember, I took you in... Stop for the breeze real quick. Okay. 68, April 4th, okay. 
saying things like that. But they're terrible, right? They're, they, they can be horrible. They think that they're oppressed and that they are and, absolved and they of are, participating. No, they're in horrible oppressors. Yes. I, I've, I've, I've encountered racists. I've been encountering Karens since I went to kindergarten. Mm -hmm. I, I, I went to what school. were they back in your day, Sharon? Uh, they were Sharon, they were Karen, they were, you, you name it. <laughs> Mary Sue. There were a lot of Sues. I'll say that way. But um, I, I, I just that was just our experience in growing up. I've often told you about how we were the only black family in the town, small town, South Connorsville that we lived in. And there was one girl that I found out but through my best friend who was so dear to me. And she told me that um, this girl had a sleepover for her birthday every single year and every girl in our class was invited except me mm -hmm. and she finally took a stand and said if Greta's not invited I'm not coming and I finally got an invitation in fifth grade was the delightful life of the party <laughs> but I remember things and I remember thinking when I got older how did they keep how did they get children to keep something like, like that. that so you know so in close and and all my story too my my friend Marsha that I love with all my heart I remember her saying that when she would date the guys and she's gorgeous to this day you know Miss yeah, Marsha she's really she's gorgeous and she would say that if a guy she was dating used the word nigger that um she would would stop dating them and I remember thinking oh god Marsha's never going to get married well, she... <laughs> so, wait so what are you trying to say about the election uh, I'm okay saying all that to say all, all of that that is part of who I am that's why it's important for me to vote all of I have to all of that experience the, the the having the love of a friend who I Marsha I is is closer to me then I, I I just I just have a closeness with her that's it superseded so many things in, in our lives we've been through it with each other mm -hmm. and um, I, I say that to say in all of that making me I feel that when I go into that voting booth to this day I feel empowered I feel encouraged and I feel hopeful that change it is a coming mm -hmm. and so I think I think by the time you're 61 and you look back on this conversation you're gonna say mom was right <laughs> I hope I do I'm gonna wrap I hope, this up I hope you I do. hope so too I so hope I'm you gonna do. wrap us up by saying that I think yeah your experience with voting has come from this space of survival right like oh yeah black people are finally having the oh, chance yes. to assert survival oh yes and I hope that as I keep on reluctantly voting that I'm voting for my children to thrive. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Because if I can say this real quick, yep. watching those reports and seeing black people being having police dogs sicked on them and hoses poured on them and beating and beating, I felt compelled to vote. They were, this is what they were doing so that I could I I can vote. So that's why I feel obligated to vote and then I have to feel hopeful that my vote makes a change. There we go. Thanks mom. Love you. Love you too, babe. Yeah. So, uh that was a great conversation. Mhm. Mm yeah, that was fun. Yeah. I'm so glad we got her in there. Yeah. She really struck me when she said the Electoral College is the most racist, bitter white man there is. Yeah, that hit. 
because white men can be relentless. And I feel like the electoral college is so unnecessary and yet so relentless at this point. Um, yeah. And I mean, it's not just the electoral college. It's also uh, things like redistricting and gerrymandering mm-hmm. and things mm-hmm. that dilute uh, the vote to try to maintain the white vote. It is interesting how after every election, at least the past two big presidential ones, people, there's always this hand wringing about how um, maybe we need to reach out to rural white workers. Mm-hmm. Um, but the truth is the reason that they're so, their votes are so valuable is the system has been has been create has been has been constru- especially constructed to make their votes more valuable. Mm-hmm. Right now, we're seeing you know President Trump and the administration express a lot of frustration that so many people in urban communities are voting. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, like the communities that they're targeting in terms of how to disqualify their votes are places like you know Detroit or Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, what I find amazing, though, is that your mom still has all this confidence in the prospect of voting itself. For real. Yeah. But I like feel like that's a very generational mm-hmm. thing. Like I said mm-hmm. in two episodes ago, the boomer blacks are committed to voting because they have a totally different experience with it. Right. Like mm-hmm. my mom grew up in Fayette County, Pennsylvania. It is so racist. The first time I was ever called uh, a racial slur is when I went to visit my cousins there. So mm-hmm. I feel like there's a, an, a, there's a special deliciousness to voting for her because she mm-hmm. not only saw the civil rights movement live, um, but she also firsthand experienced white supremacy shaping who she is as a person. And that, I think for her, voting is the opportunity for her to buck mm-hmm all of the systems and all of the people and her classmates that told her she was less than voting yeah, right. is this function of equality for her. And she has this like, and she has memories mm-hmm. like of, of things that we've seen enough times on TV, but those are like, she lived it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. That does, that does create a different sort of um, context for this, for this ethos. Yeah. And she even said black people died for like our right to vote. And that's why it's important. And that's actually rhetoric that I hate. I hate when black people say like, well, somebody died for our right to vote because I'm just like, yeah, totally. Somebody died for our right to vote. But Mm -hmm. I don't think I don't think that guilt should be placed on it. And I also I don't know how to explain what I feel. Mm. I just also don't think voting should be the beginning and the end. And Mm -hmm. I think there's, I think when we say, well, somebody died for your right to vote, it places more power on the action of voting than I actually think belongs to it, particularly because um, there's so many systems in place trying to take the vote from us. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. There is also a particular attitude that the boomers have from going, that if, I guess that like, that liberal democracy is like the end of history. And if you, if you see like a demo, like liberal democracy is the end of history, then you definitely value voting because right. all of history is building up to like, Oh, everybody gets to participate. Everybody gets to vote. Things get better and better until everyone can participate, which is what like the boomers saw mm-hmm. as they were going up. But what I'm curious about Bethany is like, she's talking about how like when you're 61, maybe you'll look back 
and things will be better when you're 61 than you were at, you know, however old you are now in the same way that things are better for your mom at 61 mm-hmm. than she, when she was a young woman. I mean, do you how, how optimistic are you for, for that, for that possibility? I think I'll still be a snarky, grumpy old bitch, but I think it'll be better. I probably okay. just won't actually say it. When my grandkids interview me, I'll be like, <laughs> these white people, I'll still be uh-huh. complaining. I plan on still being um, able to complain <laughs> about white people 30 years from now. <laughs> sure. But and at least you're hoping that there's going to be some progress. There will be some progress. Uh-huh. Yeah. I I guess the thing I wonder about is um, Greta is really enamored with voting having mm-hmm. seen the the progress like having having this experience of like a like what other time in history and she's living through it have there been this many minorities in the senate right. and the house um in your three elections you've had minorities on each ticket mm-hmm. um so it's it's a relative um bumper crop from where where Greta got her start, so I'm, I'm I'm curious for you, like what the what the desert is that your that your children hopefully and your grandchildren won't even experience. Like that is the hope. Yeah, what's going to be the level of discomfort that they'll experience, and what will that be like compared to the discomfort that I experienced? Yeah, and you and they won't even have the full context that mm-hmm. that you've had. Mm-hmm generations yeah it'll be interesting but that was a fun conversation with it was i my gretchy yeah so many warm feelings about that Mm -hmm. yeah that was really great thanks for uh thanks for doing that Beth. yeah greta thank you for indulging us we'll be back with a full episode at some point Wait, was, was, were you about to say something? I wasn't. I was just okay. going to say, stay black, Little Mermaid, once you got done. Well, yeah. So we'll be back with a full episode at some point. Uh, in the meantime, let us know what you think. Colorcorrectionpodcast.com. Stay black, Little Mermaid. All right.